welcome back. This is Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer. Today, we are continuing our series of the failure of abortion with part three, the failure in the system. And when you take a real hard look at the system, you'll kind of begin to see um, what made the abortion business what it is today. So the system is comprised of the building blocks of the church, family, and government. Many blocks made the building that is the abortion mill. The failure in the system in right decisions is another reason why we have abortion law and acceptance. It is the failure in the system that gave us over 70 million dead that we know of. The failure of abortion is a personal failure in our lives that pointed to the exact moment at the abortion mill. Now, we could have said a resounding no that day, but we did not. Most of us wanted to say no. Maybe some of us did. But we were shoved in there with family, friends, spouses, and herded into a pen with others that had the same pale, deathly fear on their faces. We looked at each other frantically, nearly to panic attack mode, looking for the back door. And if you think about it, and you've ever been in one of these, there is never a back door to escape the abortion mill. And that is by design. I toured a closed abortion mill in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the original Delta Clinic for Women. That's what they called it. Um, that abortion mill had locks on the outsides of the procedure rooms and also had three fences surrounding the property that was to keep women in and keep other people out, not just protesters, not just people from church praying for you, but also the fathers of these unborn children. This is all, I assure you, by design. The abortion facility workers made no attempt to look into our eyes. We were in these places and seemed almost dead themselves. When will this be over? When will normal come back? Never. It never does. On that day, we were about to embark into the new normal of being a brand new American demographic, post-abortive. Post-abortive women make up 20 to 25% of all women. How's that for system failure? The failure of abortion is not just our personal moral failure. It is the failure in the church that did not preach against it. It is failure in our government to protect all life as our founding documents promise and has not. It is the failure of the world system to allow such a thing to curb the population for fear of global warming or lack of water and food a significant rise in third world regimes and an overall declining economy. So our children have to die for these things. Now, we agree, obviously, 
that these seem insurmountable. But should someone have to die for it? Should any person, born or unborn, have to die for these things? Of course not. That's ridiculous. And that's exactly how these systems work, world systems included. Just look at the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're all about population control, and they don't hide it. They want to curb the population. For what? You know, the Gateses have their own, you know, resources. They certainly don't need anything. But they're thinking for you and me, you know, because obviously we're too inept to do it for ourselves. But I assure you that we are quite reasonable in our thoughts and that we do know that children will not take a bite of food out of the mouth of another. That's ridiculous. And then, you know, the economic failure that they continue to jam down our throats <laughs> um, is, you know, killing unborn people will kill a future generation for that one child who would have, what, contributed to the economy. You know, buying houses, uh, cars, getting married, having children, would have voted, maybe saved the life of another person. Maybe it could have even been an organ donor to your dying loved one. And we've all seen uh, this particular quote that uh, you could have killed a person who would have cured cancer or autoimmune disease or any of these horrible things. But we'll never know that because we keep killing these people. And the welfare state created fatherless homes and abandoned children. The welfare state makes marriage and families rare. When over 50% of households are fatherless, we have a breakdown in the system and government. Because with the welfare system, you know, one of my favorite economists, Thomas Sowell, uh, remarks that particularly in black families, uh, you should really Google Thomas Sowell, S-O-W-E-L-L. -L. He is an amazing, an amazing person. And uh, will tell you that the breakdown in the black family was exactly that, the welfare state. And it really is a breakdown for all families. Um, he particularly focused on black families because he himself is a black man. So he sees with his own eyes and sees the data that this is absolutely true and it continues this downward spiral. It's not getting better. It's getting worse, obviously. And the government, obviously, does not want your burden, your unborn child, to take the resources for born people. Abortion alleviates financial burden on the state and federal government. They don't care about your unborn child. Not even so-called pro-life governors and presidents. They don't. Because no one wants to stand up to Roe v. Wade. 
why won't you? Why is this an issue to stand up to not just ridiculous doctrine, but an outright, um, well, it's completely unconstitutional, and we have t talked about that previously, but abortion is not in the Constitution. But we keep acting like that's written in there in stone, and it is not. But finding someone with the backbone enough to stand against it, I don't care who they are, I don't care how pro-life they are, I don't care how uh, abolitionist or whatever they say they are, no one is standing up to it. And we can thank the government and the system for that. They don't want our burden, which is to keep our child, because they feel that that is their burden on their finances. So what are we taking money away from when it comes to the government? Well, it funds many things, like illegal people coming over the border. They instantly get housing. They instantly get uh, health care. They instantly get money. Instantly. But we have people here in the U.S. that are sleeping in tents and in parks and sidewalks and wherever they can. They're not being helped by this government, this nanny state that we have allowed to happen. But they want us to keep our homeless off the streets somehow. Just magically, they just have to go someplace. And we have to keep unplanned pregnancies from happening. That's how they pay for this stuff. And lastly, and more importantly, it is the system's failure of family. The failure in the system is a system of our failed family dynamic. Again, the welfare state contributed largely to this because men don't want to be or have to be husbands and fathers. Women are empowered by the government to be single and childless. And these two points are why women and girls abort at the rate of nearly 25% of all pregnancies in the United States. Parents push their girls to abortion to alleviate any financial burden that a grandchild conceived out of wedlock would occur. It used, it used to be that parents quietly sent their girls away for a few months to have their babies, give them up for adoption. Now they usher them into abortion facilities with expressionless faces as if it's another day just like any other it's really incredible. We see this all the time. I think I mentioned in a previous show that we have seen uh, quite literally five generations walk into the abortion mill, and that's including the unborn child, the young girl, the mom, the grandma, and sometimes even the great-grandmother. I have seen this with my own eyes. I have seen men walk their girlfriends with their arms around them and lovingly holding their hands when the majority of those relationships will end as soon as the baby's dead. But 
I'm not trying to get away from what the government is doing because I'll, I'll give you a, for instance, here in the state of Ohio, uh, this, you have to have admitting privileges. If you are an abortionist, you have to have admitting privileges in a local hospital. I think it's within 30 miles. Uh, if you do not or cannot, most of them can't because hospitals don't want to associate with people who kill people. So they created something called a variance. Well, what's a variance, you ask? Well, a variance is having four other physicians that have admitting privileges to be on some kind of document so that in the occurrence that a woman is either dying from the procedure or has become very ill from it, from a botched abortion, will be admitted into a hospital with these admitted admitting <laughs> admission privileges from these other doctors. I know that sounds ridiculous. Because technically, when you go to any emergency room for any reason, you're going to be seen anyway. Correct? Well, of course. But to make this legal, because they don't have admitting privileges, they have to do it in this way in order to kind of get around the law. So what's the purpose of that, you say? Well, again, it's to stay open. Because in some states, you have to have those particular things in order in, in order to stay open, in order to continue to kill. Um, I agree with it and I don't agree with that. I mean, whatever saves a life, I'm, 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 I'm there for it. You know, one life I'm thankful for. I want to save them all. But sometimes we just got to be happy about the one it does save. But sometimes abortion actually kills the mom. And so because of that, laws that the government has imposed upon all of this and trying to, you know, um, crack down on abortion business is to make sure that these surgical abortion centers are, you know, equipped for a time that a woman has to be resuscitated or whatever for emergency, you know, for emergencies until an ambulance comes. And a lot of them are not. A lot of them are, don't have a door large enough to get a gurney in. You know, simple stuff like that. And if an abortionist is not willing to do that to their abortion business, shame on them. Because now you're just saying, yep, I'm in it for the money. I'm all about the money because, well, we already know that's why abortionists do what they do. They don't care about you as women. They didn't care about me as a woman. They care nothing about women. They care about the money. But they have to deal with the government in order to get it. They don't like it. So like at our abortion mill, uh, we you know, had this variance off and on and off and on. And sometimes they were literally illegally operating, but they still were never shut down because of why? The government in the system. And so they've recently hired some young guy who calls himself a doctor who's now an abortionist and uh, claims to, you know, just be this kind of savior <laughs> or whatever um, 
for this business to continue to keep it open. Well, don't do us any favors. Killing unborn people is reprehensible and it's evil and it's beyond the scope of normalcy. Abortion is not normal. Abortion is not health care. Abortion is a business. And your business is killing people. And the government allows it and won't shut it down until an abortionist isn't making money anymore. Then suddenly, oh, we got to close now. We have to go now. And by the way, we're okay with that. <laughs> Just to let you know. So really, the answer to that question is you take the money out of their pockets. And once you do that, suddenly all of their social justice garbage that they, you know, keep puking up all the time as if, you know, they're some kind of sado god. Suddenly, oh, things change. No more money. I'm gone. I'll do something else. So we're going to do whatever it takes to take money out of their pocket. That's our system in government as pro-lifers. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, we continue to do that. But uh, to be clear, abortion is an utter failure in our system and government. It is proven that we have a, uh, a sick, uh, a very sickly government and system that would allow these things. And for any excuse, I don't, it does, doesn't even matter anymore what they what they say that their um, reasoning is killing an innocent person who didn't have a choice in the matter is despicable. How can it be any different than putting people in those ovens in Auschwitz? They were innocent of all charges. They did nothing wrong. Neither did these children. They've done not one thing wrong. But the government seeks to kill them. And the party who is supposed to be pro-life just isn't doing enough. So, that being said, as pro-lifers, as the church, as Christians, we need to go to the sidewalk and pray. We need to interpose. We need to do whatever it takes to help a child who had no idea that their life is about to end that day. That's why we do what we do, because of the failure in the system and government. Oh, my goodness. Thanks so much for stopping by. We really appreciate your help. We appreciate your guidance and your love and your prayers. And we definitely pray for you. Because if we can't do this together, it's going to be a long, awful road. But together, together, we can stop abortion. Well, thanks again for stopping by. I am Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer.